Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Portland's 104.5 Way FM. I'm Paul Van Sickle, and so excited to be able to have Matt Marr on the phone with me today. Matt's coming with the Saints and Sinners Tour. He's going to be here in Vancouver at Crossroads Community Church on Friday, January 29th. And Matt, thanks so much for taking time to talk with us, and we're real excited to have you back up here in the Northwest. Oh, thank you so much. Looking forward to being there. You know, the Northwest, you know, you're from Canada, so we got that similar weather pattern going on up here, I guess. Yes. You know, Portland's actually one of my favorite cities to uh, visit. We're glad you're coming through with this tour. Uh, Chris McClarney of Jesus Culture are going to be with you as well. With this tour, with supporting this specific album, are you doing anything different than you've done in the past? You know, I, I think I think what's different about this tour is, you know, obviously unpacking this new record is a big part of it. My band's kind of bigger than it's ever been. My band's really grown in size the past couple of years, so now there's like six of us on stage. Yeah, and I think I think a big part of it too is the fact that Chris is part of the night from Jesus Culture. You know, a big aspect of what I think I'm trying to do now is to promote unity amongst Christians. And so, getting to tour with other artists is obviously a great thing. But so, you know, hopefully there'll be there'll be some moments of collaboration that night too. And you know, and I think the thing that my band and I are always trying to do is reinvent some of the songs that we do and try to find new ways to present them to people. So. There'll be a couple of new surprises that night for sure. That's fun. So people are used to singing some of your songs in their own worship services. You know, don't <laughs> don't don't close your eyes and expect it to be exactly the same because you're going to switch it up, which is always fun. Yeah, I think I think we'll definitely try to do that. That's fun. Um, you know, talking about that unity and that has been a big kind of part of what you've been trying to do. You know, in your life and your ministry and your music, which is so awesome and refreshing and trying to break down some of the walls, you know, denominationally or whatever it is. One of the other things with unity and worship, music in the church has been such a unfortunate hot button thing that has been dividing churches for years. As someone who's just won Dove Awards for Songwriter of the Year, Worship Song of the Year, you've worked with youth for a lot of your ministry, and then the radio hits now. And when it comes to worship music and crafting worship songs as you're doing now, what is it that's helping to bridge that generational gap that happens in worship services? Well, I think a big part of it is the source material, you know, and I tend to be, what I like to say, I am a, um, a plagiarism enthusiast, um, but uh, I don't like to plagiarize alive people. I like to plagiarize dead people. <laughs> um, and just the reason I say that is because it's legally acceptable to do so. Um, I'm just kidding. I, I think I think a big part of faith is memory. I think actually a, a, most people don't stop and think about it, but a lot of your faith is consists of your memory. You know, faith is, a big part of faith is remembering the things that God has done, that God has done in your life, and because of that, you're able to kind of move forward with the, with the level of assurance. I mean, even when you know, we celebrate the passion, death, and resurrection of Jesus, we're doing it as a memory, but it's sort of this ever, it's an ever-present living memory. So in my writing process, I'm always looking at old hymns, old quotes from different saints, 
just stuff that's been around. It's stuff that always inspires songwriters. It's just that I think I always, I'm always sort of intentionally looking within the the living book that is the church. And, you know, I love writing songs kind of based on that material because I think it's, some of it's in people's DNA and they remember it and they remember it from their childhood or, if it's, you know, whether it's an old hymn or a quote from a, from a prominent Christian leader. That stuff sort of, it's randomly accessible in our memory and it becomes part of our heritage as Christians. And so I think one of the ways in which you cross gaps, it's like, like even like Because He Lives, when you take a song that was, you know, written by Bill and Gloria Gaither and you sort of come up with a newer version of it, for older people who remember what it was like when they were a young adult or they were, uh, you know, a young person in church and when they first heard that song and then you sing this new song, based on that, it's, it still taps into the same memories, you know. I, I went and watched the new Star Wars movie last night, and um, and so much of what makes that movie so good is every time something familiar comes on the screen, everybody was applauding in the theater. And I think in some ways, like, that's what, what worship is. Like, I think when when God brings to the forefront, when the Holy Spirit brings to the forefront things that are part of our story... Um, as church, it it makes that present moment once again accessible. Yeah, I I fully agree with that. My my dad's a worship pastor. My wife's a worship leader. I'm a drummer. So growing up in the church, having having all these songs, and for just me personally, my philosophy has always been, you know, it says sing to the Lord a new song, but it never said don't stop singing the old ones or yeah. forget about them either. It talks about the remembrance. So I like what I I love what's been happening with this modern worship movement and, and what you've been doing and some others too in incorporating and just freshening up to make it where as a drummer I'm like okay good this isn't just the same boring 3-4 beat you know but we can really get into the worship and experience the way things are now but we can still have that substance in our worship no absolutely and I think what makes you know the new song a new song is not the lyrics and it's not the melody it's the human heart responding to the grace of God because there's no two souls on this planet that are the same. We are all unique. And so what makes our song unique is our heart that God's given us. And when that heart responds to him in worship, you know, which is initiated by his spirit, then I think that, like, it's sort of the combination of, of all those collective things that makes it a new song. Again, we're talking with Matt Marr here on Portland's 104.5 Way FM. Matt is coming to Vancouver at the Crossroads Community Church, which is a fantastic church and venue. On January the 29th, tickets are available at wayfm.com. You can uh, click the link there on our events page to find out more. And I, I'm lucky I'm getting a chance to ask Matt some questions, but there is a, a package you can get with that a VIP ticket that gets you in ahead of the show. And Matt's going to be doing a Q&A, so you can ask him some of your own questions as well. Matt, when it comes to touring and when you are someone who who writes a lot of more worshipful music, how do you strike that balance between performance and worship? It's a great question. Um, you know, I think a lot of it has to do with how you structure, which I think in a service is the same thing. A lot of it has to do with how you structure your, your set list. I think typically what we try to do is that songs that kind of invite people into a more prayerful moment, congregational or 
can like more in like contemplative you know you tend to structure those together i mean i think the big thing is what i tend to try to do with the concerts that i'm doing is structure a night that really takes people on a journey and you know leads them from one you know kind of one place to another and i think that because music does that music has this ability to kind of take us on a journey and uh so um I think a lot of it has to do with that, you know, and, and how you structure, you know, your song selection and, you know, going from one song to another. And I think that's a big part of it. I think the other thing, too, is that I uh, tend to structure the songs that are more performance-oriented or more fun. You know, you tend to put those together. And uh, and I think it's something that, you know, I think the big thing, too, is that you don't take yourself too seriously during that um, time. You know, I think a lot of it, sometimes is in how you communicate with your body language you can tell whether someone's like hey we're all having fun together versus hey i'm having fun because you're all applauding me for what i'm doing (laughs) and i think uh and i think a lot of it has to do with that is that you know it's all worship but i think there is something specific about how we posture ourselves particularly with how with how we celebrate god that you 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 invite people into uh, a moment where you're celebrating the gift that music is that God's given you, and that there are then there are songs that they celebrate who God is, and I think you have to strike that balance and you know point people in that direction. Another balance that I know you have to strike is an artist on tour is the tour and family and congratulations. I saw your tweet back at the end of September, that you guys are expecting another kid. So congratulations for that. Thank you. How is that, you know, going for you and and anybody that has to work and travel? There are a lot of people that do that. How do you work with that in your guys' life? Well, we've sort of given up on the notion that there is some perfect idea of balance. And what we've realized is that we're trying to live in season. So, for example, this tour that I'm doing starts the beginning of January. The first week, my four-year-old son's coming out on the road with me. And then I go home. Um, and I'm in town for a week, and the, my drummer's actually getting married. And then we go back out for about another 10 days. And at the end of that, I'm home for two months. So for the baby and just to rest and recuperate. And so we're trying to structure things more so that we're living life in season. Because that's really how we're meant to live. You know, it's uh, not to get all, you know, well, this is Portland, so I can get a little bit granola-ish with it, and everybody's going to be fine. Yes, you'll totally fit. Yeah, please, please do. Please do. Yeah, I'll get a bit organic uh, all up yeah. in this piece. Um, here's the thing. Like, it's only the past 50 years that we've become mostly a non-agrarian society in America. For the longest part, the majority of people in America grew things. And when you spend time laboring on the land you're rooted not only just in the earth, but you're rooted in the season. So, you know, if you lived on a farm, you know, 60 years ago, you didn't really talk to your family. You didn't have quality time with your kids. Your quality time was you spent all day working. <laughs> and and then you went to bed, and then you got up and you did the same thing, and it's because your, your life depended on it. So I think the thing that my, my family and I are trying to do is just to live in the seasons of life that we're in. So... This is what I do, and it's how I support my family. So when I go do it, I go do it. And then when I'm home, I try to shut off my phone and shut off that life and be present with my kids and sort of get down into their world. And I think that's what you have to do. I think we're meant to live life in seasons. I don't think it's this 
perfect utopia of every day wakes up where you have, you know, you time and then you have kid time and then you, you know, you have family time and you do it. And it's like some days, you you know, you talk to a single parent who's, you know, has a middle schooler and they have like four hours of three hours of homework and the parents work in two jobs. You're like two ships in the night during the week. But hopefully at dinner time, do you turn off the phones and do you have just a little bit of quality time together? You know, hopefully on the weekend, are you able to kind of slow down for a moment so that you're able to be a family? And I, I think that's the, I think that's more of the challenge is, is, work, is for us to, as human races to get back to living in seasons again. Yeah, I, I agree with that. It's a great philosophy. And I think that probably just even hearing that it maybe opened up some people's minds to, oh, that's a, a definitely different way of, of looking at that. Again, we're talking with Matt Ma right now, now has two new Dove Awards. He's coming to Portland, Vancouver, the Crossroads Community Church. With the Dove Awards, as someone who has been doing music for a long time, is it nice to get some recognition from peers? Does that matter to you at all i just assume that later on after you've been doing it for a while it's totally different than when you're 17 and your first album comes out and all of a sudden you get awards so you know describe what that's like for you you know i think it it matters less for sure the older you get but it matters more in the right ways so i felt very honored i was very surprised honestly i think if i was if i'm totally honest i think in my 20s the young ambitious man of me would have felt more affirmed in my identity somehow by winning and I feel like now is, I mean I'm young I'm only I'm in my 40s I'm in my early 40s but um, but I think that now at this point in my life so much of my identity just has to do with who I am in the eyes of God and then who I am with my family and the accomplishments that you know or the accolades that I somehow garner like I said they're nice and they're an affirmation of the work that you do, but they're not an affirmation of the person that you are. And I just think that that's, that's a huge difference. I think any award is an affirmation of the hard work that not just an artist puts into, but all the people around them, but it's not an affirmation of identity. And so I think that's time teaches you that. And, and it's good because in that way you can, hold it loosely and when someone else wins the next year it doesn't mean it doesn't it doesn't mean anything other than you're you're so excited for that other person because it's an affirmation of the hard work that they put into it totally yeah great pers- great perspective um, two other quick questions for you since you you mentioned you went to Star Wars yes. last night obviously no no spoilers did you dress up no, I did not. I wore a Star Wars t-shirt. All right, so you, you participated at least in some form. I did. What was the best costume that you saw? Uh, there, was, there was a guy and his girlfriend that showed up as Han Solo and Princess Leia. I was hoping to see a dog. They have these Ewok outfits that you can put a dog in, but of course it's movie theater, so they wouldn't let a dog in. But, like, if you put a, if you put a, a Shih Tzu in one of these outfits, like, you realize that basically they modeled Ewoks after Shih Tzus. Like... They basically took a Shih Tzu and they made it stand on two legs 
and would like put on a weird outfit. That's so true. It's kind of what happened. That is so true. That's amazing. Oh, that's funny. That's yeah. good. That's good. Yeah. Oh man. Well, again, if you uh, have questions for Matt that you want to ask, you can do that at the Q and A that's happening before the concert. If you get a VIP ticket, which are for sale, you can get those at wayfm.com. Click the events link, and there you will find uh, where you can get those tickets. And the tour is coming Friday, January 29th, Crossroads Community Church in Vancouver. It's the Sinners and Saints Tours, Matt Marr and Chris McClarney of Jesus Culture. Matt, thanks again so much for your time. We're really looking forward to having a night of worship and praise and fun with you when you're here in January. Thank you so much. Looking forward to it. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.